Success stories and interviews with game changers and thought leaders who have overcome both in life and in business. Welcome to Vertical Momentum. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Vertical Momentum. I'm your host, Richard Kaufman, also known as the Comeback Coach. I want to thank you guys for hopping on. I want to thank our fans, our sponsors of the Hoarding Solution. She helps people that are struggling with hoarding solutions in their homes. And she also has a podcast. Definitely check her out. Guys, this is going to be a great episode. Um, we're going to be talking about some delicate issues, uh, some that I've dealt with in the past. And this young lady that I'm going to have on, she's a writer, author, speaker. She does it all. She's truly amazing. Miss Sandra Rush, how are you today? Hello, how are you? Thank you for inviting me. Oh, it's my pleasure, my honor. How are you? How's your day going? Very busy. Very busy. Very demanding. Busy is good, right? Oh, yes. Yes, you've got to keep the conversation going. So how's everything going in the, in the UK? Um, well, pretty much uh, things are easing after COVID. We're, we're slowly coming out of it which is better for um, people that have been isolated at home and um, being able to mix better. Um, it's, it's just uplifting. Part of it is just being happy to just meet friends, family, and just, just get out, just get out and enjoy the garden or just even going shopping. And I hate shopping. <laughs> I have looked forward to going to the shops every day just to get out and just see people okay so let's just hop right into this um once again i want to thank you for hopping on and um hanging out with us you know what are your thoughts on covid19 and how there have been more arrests for spousal abuse and domestic abuse over the last year than ever before it's um the thing is, relationships, you're talking about um, people that are normally at work, they normally have um, activities to keep them busy. Um, not everyone can cope being, if you like, um, shut in, um, isolated, um, cut off from a lot of normal activities they would all, all be doing. But um, I can I can see that it would be from the beginning that these would be, the numbers would increase. You know, that nitty little things that you pick out normally become bigger. And um, what comes to, I don't know, someone would say, oh, don't put your knife and fork down on that worktop, I've just wiped it. And you forget. And that becomes a niggly issue. And then it becomes bigger and bigger. And then before you know it, you're, you're lashing out, you're saying terrible things, you know. And the words do hurt. Don't care what anybody says. Words do hurt. And um, before you know it, it, it can become um, physical. And um, I've known it. I've seen it. And um, it's a terrible thing. So now, if, you know, in, in the United States, a lot of places are still in lockdown. So 
what are some of the things that we can do if we are in lockdown with our significant other to help reduce any issues like that? Well, I'm one of those that you talk to someone before it becomes physical. Walk away. Um, it is it's a terrible thing um, that you you have to be in that frame of mind that you need to hit someone. And I'm not just talking about women. I'm talking about men have contacted me and actually had abuse from their spouse. And, um, you know, they, one is they find it hard to handle. Um, and two, it's um, they're not they're not used to being in this confined relationship, if you like. And to be honest, it, Walk away. Okay. Now, tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your background, and about how you got involved with helping people that are struggling. Um, I started out in um, um, journalism, um, 1997. So that's dating myself a little bit, but that's how I started. Um, then it, um, I wanted to. Um, see if I could be a more adventurous writer, if you like. And um, I got into trying to write books. I thought, I've got to try. I've got to try. I've got to know if I've got some sort of um, creativeness in me. And um, I started with those and um, it slowly progressed from there. But how I got into this one is uh, I was doing a, a writer's, um, I was invited to do a writer's talk. Um, and um, this lovely, lovely lady um, came up to me and she said, I've got a story for you. Would you be willing to listen? So that's what I did. And um, she says, would you talk to my husband? And what it is, is um, the couple themselves have both got this amazing story of how they met and from two totally different backgrounds that you wouldn't put the two of them together and they they come through this horrific journey in two different ways um you've got um the lady that's um, trying to escape from an abusive relationship and hiding a past um you're talking uh, terrible terrible things and um, you've also got a young man that went to Afghanistan and at 18 thought he was going to change the world and two weeks in Afghanistan I think it uh, dawned on him that uh, this was not you know what he thought it would be and um, it becomes a battle of she's afraid of a um, previous relationship to enter into another one and a lot of it covers uh, domestic abuse of how she became this person and fear when someone inflicts these terrible things onto you it becomes a, a fact of hide and seek you don't want people to see them you wear um, clothing that covers the bruises you you lie for them. You, you lie because you don't want them to think 
one, you're embarrassed about it, or two, it's you're afraid. Now, did you ever personally deal with anything like this? Well, in my relationships. Yep, or anybody close, like family. Oh, right? yes, yes. Um, um, personally, uh, I was married to an, an ex-serviceman, so I know what it's like being, being married to the forces. You're not just married to them, you're married to the forces as well. Um, you, became, you became that um, person's service number plus one. Um, but um, I, was, I was looking in that sense that um, the relationship, uh, I, I was a braver person, I walked away. Um, members of my family, um, did not um, come through it as, as well, but um, we all we all deal with domestic abuse in different ways. And some people would probably say, "Well, to um, say walk away," but how do you know when to walk away? But how do you know staying is the right thing as well? I mean, I personally wouldn't want somebody abusing me that much that I think, hang on a minute, this is not a normal life. And what you think is being normal is someone physically abusing you or mentally abusing you, there's that too. And that's, what, is that normal? Is that really normal? I mean, like I say, I've had so many people contacting me with various, um, stories in their lives um it's really lovely lovely had, um hiding these bruises from his wife you know from his family because his wife was abusing him and he said i've just become so afraid of telling anybody more embarrassed that this big butch man was afraid of this little lady do you know what i mean and it's 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 hard to to judge and it's like once to start landing out when do they stop and you know like you said there's so many different forms of abuse you know oh, there's there physical there's sexual there's yes verbal yeah. abuse yeah um mental abuse i've found is the the hardest to deal with um some people um, oh, she, she, she was, and she's still going through it. Um, it's like you're lying. Everything is lies. Um, you're judging them. You, you know, it's hard to um, physically say she wasn't marked, but mentally she's scarred for life. Now, and you know, because I grew up in a very abusive household. Um, physically and mentally and sometimes like I, I believe that you can either speak life into your children or you can speak mm -hmm. death into your children so well, you know what yeah, I mean yeah well that, my, my upbringing was a little bit of a um, it, it wasn't abusive but it was strict and in that sense um, my dad, 
he, he was the salt of the earth. He was amazing. He, he was always there for us. Now, we would lie, cheat and steal from our dad. Oh, just us, us three girls, and, and we would lie, cheat and steal from my dad. We would do all sorts of things, get up to all sorts of things. So our relationship with my father is very, very strong. But my mother, um, she she was, um, hmm, yeah. But uh, she she wasn't always a nice person, but to everybody else, she was a saint. And you know what? I think a lot of it is... Um, like you said, people don't know what goes on behind closed no. doors. No, no, they and, don't. And you know, and like in in the states, I don't know about the UK, it it's very frowned upon for a man to put his hand on a woman. Oh yes. But, but if a woman slaps a man, it's okay. No, it's not okay. It's and, not okay, know, is it? No, but I mean, people. We, we, I don't know about you, but I was brought up that a man doesn't hit a woman that's that's what it was um but you very rarely heard of a, a woman hitting a man and sadly that is increasing i mean i've got i don't know um in the last few weeks i think i've had about 12 men actually contact me and say in some way or another they was abused by a female and it's wrong it, just because uh, it, it, there is no discrimination on sex of hitting someone or marking them and mentally abusing them, physically abusing them, sexually abusing them, it's wrong, periodly. It's, it's, it's not acceptable, is it? In my eyes, no. Um, no, no, it's not. Not at all. Now, I've seen a big rise in, because uh, I talked to a lot of medical and uh psychological profess professionals that are seeing a rise in cases with same-sex marriages starting to have a lot of abuse issues also and nobody really talks about that whatsoever mm. yeah is that the same thing in the uk um i to be honest i haven't come across many that have had those sort of issues but I do know of same-sex relationships, and um, they're, they're not all working. They are judged still on being men, women, whatever. And um, I, I find, talking to them, that um, I think there's about four couples that I know of that have had issues, and they've been... Um, I haven't done anything since then, but like I say, but so I haven't had that experience with as many same sex relationships as I have with um, couples. I just, I don't know um, why that is, but like I say, I'm on various um, abuse sites and things like that. Uh, people contact me and they talk about um, relationships and things like that, but say out before I know they have resolved their issues so I can't okay. really confirm now um, you know I was in the military for twenty over 20 years <laughs> uh, a lot of my friends were in the military um, a lot of my friends are police officers firefighters yes. why do you think that firefighters and police officers and, and veterans struggle 
with post-traumatic stress? Different line. It's simple as that. Different line. They see more, um, let's just say they see more than what um, other people would see. Um, I mean, one of my guys, veterans I, I've worked with, he see his friend blown into 12 pieces and he's haunted every day as he counts them, 12 pieces in his mind every day. So it is hard. I mean, a lot of people, I know veterans that have sort of like come out of forces and they've gone into security, things like that. And um, sadly, they still are susceptible to mental health issues. They are vulnerable in the jobs they do to be not able to, to cut off at the end of the, the shift or day or whatever and say, today's been a good day. I mean, I, don't, I haven't met anybody that said, today's been a good day, no one's died. Do you know what I mean? So it is, it is hard when you're on the front line jobs and things like that, that you do face these things. I mean, firemen, I mean, <laughs> how many firemen? I don't know anybody. I've never met a fireman that actually rescued a kitten out of a tree. So, you know, it, it's always been horrific um, stories that they've told me. Veterans, um, the book based on Afghanistan, the horrors of war, um, the police, look at the riots and things that they have to deal with. And also with how they're judged in the job they do. Yeah, I, you know, and I totally agree. Now, um, you've been very involved in the veteran community, correct? Oh, yes. My dad was uh, military. My uncle was military. I think most of my family at some point have been military. My sister's married military. So at some point in, in time, since I was specking in, in, in the universe, our families have been involved in the military. My grandfather, First World War, um, people I know, Second World War. So it's, it's always been a military family, if you like, military background. So tell us about the book blast from the past well it uh it what in the veteran side or just the storyline just the storyline and you know, so the storyline is, is is literally about a young guy that goes to 18 goes to afghanistan and um about him um and his friends um he meets the the woman that actually eventually becomes his wife um, and how he comes across and what he sees um, especially when dealing with nightmares um, a lot of, a lot of people a lot of veterans I interviewed for the book uh, suffered with um, alcohol abuse uh, mental abuse there is so many different visions of how the book takes you and what you see from a different perspective of somebody else's condition of PTSD. And um, what starts as something so um, small, like, I oh, just nip to the, you know, bar with
equipment don't stay a little bit longer before you know it. We've got someone that can't function through the day without a bottle of vodka inside of him. So um, it it's a reality check of how it certainly opened my eyes when when I decided to write the book because I interviewed thirty three people for this for the book, and out of that, since that time, five have committed suicide, have chosen to. They couldn't take the pain any longer through um, mental health and PTSD. So, unfortunately, five have since taken their own lives. Um, I am so, so grateful I have met these people um, for different reasons, for totally different reasons. Um, what started out in an interview with the lady whose story it is, and her, her husband, I actually went on to interview his friends and friends of friends and also a couple of American um, veterans um, gave me their, their versions of events of what they would like to say and at the end of the book I actually listed a few of the quotes from the guys and doesn't matter what whatever to them, it, it was all about serving their country. And it makes you so proud to have, to know these people. And I know a lot of them, how I got into working with PTSD veterans, that side of it is because I feel I would like to give them something. And as I, I know America has a great deal of respect for their veterans. But sometimes in the UK, it's not always the case. And uh, we've, we've dealt with a lot of homeless veterans at various sites um, that I'm linked in with to um, get them jobs, get them, just get them advice, um, benefits, uh, housing. It's all there. Um, and basically, sometimes it's just they want someone to talk to. And that really is how it all started. I mean, it didn't just happen overnight. This book was four years in the making. I mean, I, I just didn't walk up to a veteran and said, please tell me your story. It took a lot of coaxing. It took a lot of trust, not just on their side, but my side as well, because, you know, they got to know me. I would love to adopt all of them. I, would, I, would, I don't think my house is big enough, but they are such... An amazing group of people, and the two um, American veterans that I'm still in touch with, they're wonderful guys. I chat to them, I speak to their families. They are just amazing, and they have been through so much. And to me, they deserve the support. They've given so much to their for their country. Why can't we give a little bit back? Let them know we care. Let them know we can support them and and just even if it's like a zoom meeting of two minutes and over a cup of tea or coffee or whatever and just say how are you give them a smile because that smile means a lot i i agree now why do you think you know i've had a couple of doctors come on here the last couple of weeks and they, they all have differing opinions why do you think that there are some people that can go to war 
and come home pretty much unscathed. But then oh. there could be somebody that's with them, went through the same thing, and they have a totally different re reaction. Well, I know someone that's in the British Paris, tough bunch of guys, yeah, or women, if you like. And um, he has a really good way of just switching off, just go into that area, um, do what you've got to do and come out and he'll come home to his parents or whatever and just have it go, yeah, it's all right. And just, that's it. I think he just sees it as his, it's his job. That's it. He has a perfectly good cut off of like, yeah, okay, I'm just going to work today, whatever I see. And he's seen some pretty horrific things, I'm not saying that, but some people have a better detachment from it. One of the guys that I'm in, in contact with, he's the opposite. He's the opposite. Now, you're talking about when we had troubles in Ireland. Yeah? Uh, there's a lot of um, various bits and pieces going on. Now, this other guy, he come across so hard, so macho, and yet someone set off a firework and he was a he was a quivering wreck he was hiding under a table crying because suddenly it just hit him that this was not it was an explosion and it was the explosion of the firework that triggered it and he was he he lost his job he, he lost his career but it it came out at that one point So if somebody is struggling with, because I, I know that there's a lot of people that struggle with it that are still in the armed forces and they're afraid to get help because they're afraid of losing their job yes. or their yeah. position. So yes. what, what can Me, a person do? I tell them to talk to someone, but to talk to someone you can trust find that person we all have one that one person that we trust with our lives and more so veterans have that unique bond you know this you're a veteran yourself but we have this unique bond that um we're family and as such we look after each other no one is programmed to just mechanically not be affected we're humans we're affected by many things but when they try to continue, to me, it only makes matters worse. All right, now I have a question. Um, I grew up in, like I said, I grew up in an abusive household. A lot of anger, a lot of cursing, and a lot of, yeah. uh, you know, putting, yes. putting the kids down. But yes. as, as I get older and I'm a parent myself, I catch myself re repeating some of the same behaviors and I'm changing. Yes. How does a person start to change their behavior as far as their relationships go with their wife and their children? Well, I always said I wasn't going to be like my mother. And I hope that I'm not. I'm, I'm very close with my son. Um, he's, he's my world. He's my world. Um, and his family... 
they're very close too but my as i say my my parent my mother um was a totally different person and i grew up saying not gonna be like that i'm never treating my kids like that never and thankfully you you find yourself thinking well i'm not i'm my my own person you are your own person you have the ability to have that cut-off point where you think, I'm not going to do that. I'm not, I'm not going to be like that. And unfortunately, you know, I don't know whether it's nurture or nature. I was just talking to a gentleman about this earlier. Um, usually, like, if there's an alcoholic father in the household, a child will go either way. He'll either go, I yes. don't drink because my father drank. Yeah. Or, He'll go the other way and say, well, I'm going to drink because my father drank. Mm. So is that nature or is that nurture? Um, I wouldn't call it nature, would you? Like I say, you, you, you are your own person. You, you can't just go by, oh, I'm off to, I mean, my dad liked to drink. I'm not saying he didn't. Um, we'd meet him at the pub and things like that. And, you know, he'd, he'd have quite a bit at some point. But... Um, I don't drink. I mean, I'm, I'm quite happy with a glass of milk. So, you know, but my, you know, I, th I think it depends on on the person. It, it does depend on the person. I, I'm not a big drinker, never have been. My dad was one of these that you are letting the side down because you don't drink. Um, and, and often he would say, oh, you're like your mother. So I don't think it is nature to actually say, you know, we don't grow up thinking I'm going to be an alcoholic by the time I'm 20. Um, we don't grow, grow up thinking, oh, you know, that, that kid looks sweet. We're, you know, they're going to be a wife beater or husband beater or a mental abuser, rapist, whatever you want to call it. But it's not born into us. We become this person. We become our own person of, you know, destruction, if you like. And it's, we're not always good with it to say, okay, I'm not going to be like my dad. I'm, I'm not going to be like my mum. You know, you, you have to live your own life. You have to forge your own path. And you can't do that in someone else's shadow, can you? No. Nope. Now, what can some people do? If they, they recognize, okay, I have a problem, I I have anger issues, and I don't yeah, want to be and I, I don't, don't want to be like that anymore. Yeah, I don't, I don't. How many do you know that have actually accepted that they've got these problems? Because <clears throat> um, people that have contacted me have you know gone past that stage of saying, I think I've got a problem. What do you think? You know, so um, they're a little bit more inclined to think, I've been doing this a long time. And it's, you know, they leave it to someone else to make that judgmental sort of analysis of saying, for God's sake, mate, you need help. You know, and like I say, this guy that was going to work every day and he needed a bottle of vodka inside it to just get through the day. 
I had a guy that went to prison for beating someone to a pulp um, because he had anger, anger issues. Um, it was only when he came out of prison that he actually sought help. So it's the realisation of saying, when do I stop? You have to have that stop and saying, look what I'm doing to myself, look what I'm doing to my family. How could I, you know, people, when they're uh, abusive, um, one of the things I heard one lady say was, I did that because I love you. Now, if I didn't hit you, you wouldn't know what you've done wrong. Now, why is that? Why, why does someone have to lash out to say, it's not love, is it? It's not. It can't be. I don't find hitting someone to get their attention to say, oh, he's only doing this because he loves me. Like, not a chance. So now you said you interviewed 33 people for the book, right? Yes, I did. And five committed suicide. Yes, so, they have. So what did the other 28 do differently that the five didn't do? We, we talk every day. We talk every day. Um, one of the quotes in the book was the guy did say to me, the best thing I did was talk to you. Um, they remained closed for such a long time. They found their voice, um, whereas the other five had gone so deep within themselves and they'd lost so much, even the will to live and the pain they were suffering just was too much. It was just... And I don't think... If, if you get someone that's determined to physically harm themselves to that extent to escape the pain something really has to be done because you know these people they have the whole life or would have had the whole lives in front of them um, a parent to me should not outlive their children so when you get a 20 odd year old person you know, that would rather commit suicide just to get away from the pain. We're, we need to do something to support them. And I don't think there's enough help to be, you know, to, to guide these people and, and get them to the stage where it's, um, what are you doing, you know? I spent hours on the phone to a guy that it's like, why am I here? Why am I living? <coughs> Excuse me. And um, we sat and talked for hours. And, you know, one day it was four hours. And, you know, <laughs> I didn't get any writing done. But um, he, um, and he said, I said, how do you feel? And he says, I feel a little bit better. And um, to me, that that's the important thing. He, he was alive. You know, and when you get someone thinking, I'm going to go away and hide and take my own life. It's it's just not it's just not right that they should die alone, and and the person that finds them grieves as well. Now you're involved with a lot of I don't like to say charity, um, but you're <laughs> you're you're involved with a lot of organizations that help veterans struggling with PTSD and stuff. 
what are some of the things that they're doing to actually help the veterans? Um, Because sometimes just talking isn't enough. Sometimes it's great to, you know, get out, go Um, fish, you know. Yeah. And lots of help groups. There's um, psychiatrists, there's doctors. Um, Like you say, you've you've spoken to some of them yourself. And there is um, courses. It's rebuilding your life. Um, I did question someone once and I said, your issue is, he said, when I came out as a, as a veteran, when I came out of the forces, no one was there to show me when I took the uniform off how to stop being a soldier. And a lot of the help groups and charities that I'm involved with, they do all this um, transition, um, helping you um, get the support, uh, retrain you, get housing, get funding. Like I say, there's doctors, there's these um, sort of like um, shelters that they can actually, what serious cases can go to and, um, <coughs> excuse me, and um, stay in, slowly become um, not a better person, but more equipped to deal with what's wrong with them and how advanced their, their condition is. Um, PTSD has many, many faces. Um, it's a terrible thing. Mental health is a terrible thing, full stop. Um, but I, I bonded with these veterans. Um, some of the stories they told me was, was horrific. And as I say, I've never met the two veterans that I, I worked with on the book from America, but some of their stories, is, it's heartbreaking. And um, to lose a friend's you know, shot at the side of you, when you've gone through so, so much, it must be. I, I could only imagine um, what they must be going through because I haven't been in that situation, and praise God, never am. But all these people that have come through so much trauma to actually um, decide what sort of effects it's, that it has on them. I mean, you're talking. Um, uh, sleep deprivation is is a terrible thing. Um, can't cope with you know they're, they're awake near enough twenty four hours a day. There's no sleep. Um, alcohol is a, is a people. Uh, I'm not targeting alcohol alone, but there's so many different things. I mean, one guy said to me when he was trying to get back, he said, "If I can um, sniff it, inject it, or swallow it." I would take it to get me through the day. Now, that's pretty severe. But it was better than reality. Okay, now, well, I just forgot what I was going to ask because I was so into your conversation. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> that's a woman getting in you, letting you get a word in, you see. That's what it is. <laughs> you know, now... We're living in a, in a crazy world, but I think that, you know, like in the United States, the number is uh, on average 37 first responders every day right. commit suicide every single day mm-hmm. in the United States. So yeah. what are some of the things that we can do as, you know, a family member, a husband, a wife, a cousin, 
that we can do to help bring that number down? Um, well, for a start, it's what is their symptoms, what is their condition, what is their general health. Um, like I say, I have a lot of veterans that we have uh, like a chain um, link, if you like, that we will call each other every day. And that is really important to let them know you care. Just, just the support of saying, are you okay? Doesn't matter what the answer is, you can talk about things. But when someone needs help, it's, you need to get them help. And whether it's making that call for them or taking it to the next level of saying, look, this, this is your life. We want you around a lot longer. You know, please get help. And some of them don't even realise they've got a problem. And domestic abuse very rarely accept that they have a, a, a problem of hitting their spouse. So, you know, you don't always see for yourself that you have a problem, um, whether it's a chocoholic, if you like, or whether it's um, sleep deprivation or alcohol or smoking or whatever. doesn't matter. It's just the fact that if you have a problem, it's always someone that's closest to you that will spot it first. And sometimes that person feels better for talking to a total stranger than a family member. I don't know whether it's because they feel let down or they feel <clears throat> their family wouldn't understand. Or the, the fact is, it's like they just feel challenged of the fact that they can't deal with it. And it's not, it's not about that. If someone, someone needs help, we help them. So, okay, talking about that now, how do we find you? How do we get in touch with you if somebody wants um, you? Can get me through my, yeah, you can get me through my website, um, www.smrush2020.com. Um, SM <coughs> you can do that. Or you can, I have a Facebook account, so... Just Sandra Rush, and you'll probably find me. Um, most of it is um, online. There's LinkedIn. There's various social media. Um, people can chat. They can just say hello. If they're feeling down, just just say hello. It doesn't take more than that. It's okay. nice to share with someone that thinks someone actually cares. Yep. Now, the last question I ask, um, you know, we live in a crazy world right now. We're still in COVID. Um, we have a lot, we have grandparents that are actually homeschooling kids. Yes. We got parents that are working two jobs just trying to, um, put the, you know, food in the kids' mouths. Yeah. So if I ask the average person to do something in seven days, they're never likely to get to it. But if I ask somebody to take a step in the next 24 hours, they're mm -hmm. more likely to do it. Yeah. So if somebody is struggling with either domestic abuse issues or mental health issues, what can they do in the next 24 hours to get help? One, I would phone, um, you, you normally have, I don't know about the States, but here we have helplines. Um, if you, at the back of my book, I know, you know, it's, it's different. 
there's a list of information i've got a list of useful sites there's um obviously the charities i'm involved in there's combat stress care, care after combat help for heroes uh, forgotten veterans mind at war is line you have a Safa, you have a Safa cha charity okay. so there's there's mind um, that's mental mental health if i mean I, I, because it's in in the states i'm i'm not too sure i'm by two two guys that i interviewed for the book um they have on various occasions had to call um a friend to say please stop me i've took pills and i've took alcohol and they've had to have the stomachs pumped um which is but they had enough sense about them to call a person and say i've done something stupid i've, I've took pills and i've took i've drank alcohol please help me and it's that will to live that somebody's like okay so i mean that's a drastic um <clears throat> occurrence but to me it's it's just help your neighbor you know we've got homeless veterans here if um like one of them one one of the guys that i work with bless him he, he um, took a photograph there was a homeless veteran living on a roundabout um here in the uk and he, he was living in a tent on a roundabout main roads so it, it was pretty horrific and um no phone nothing and uh, this veteran that i'd worked with through various pieces in the book and he said what can we do and i rang another friend that was also a veteran he went and drove two hours to pick him up took him home cleaned him up give him a job he slowly i mean i'm not saying he's perfect every day but slowly he's, he's coming back he's, he's getting his life back on track he, he's becoming uh, how can you say can't say a better person but a person he used to be and he's he's forever so there is lots of people out there just willing to help you just have to reach out there's always someone there you're never alone you don't you're not in the forces in your own on your own you serve with people you serve with friends you are you have a constant family around you you are never ever alone all you have to do is reach out and someone will help i love that so guys i want to you know reach out to sandra if you're struggling re pick up her book you know check everything out that she's got going on i want to thank our sponsor tammy moses of the hoarding solution um she's also a podcaster and sandra i'm going to try to get you in touch with her so you can go on her show so you can no, actually you. talk together thank you so much for coming on this is going to go out in a couple weeks and i'll let you know when it go when it's out everywhere okay yes thank you richard thank you for inviting me it's lovely oh it's been fun have a blessed yeah. day yes you too take All care right. bye Thank you for joining us today. Please hit subscribe and share. Please feel free to leave us a comment.